0: everyone and welcome back to Oh That Girl Reads. I'm Bria. It's so good to be here with you again today. Well, I guess for me it's literally midnight. Um, my f- house is pretty active during the day and I swear to goodness that these freaking walls are made out of paper mache. In one recording that I tried to do earlier, you could hear like the freaking bathroom door closed, like people washing their hands and like my bedroom is right next to the stairs. So <laughs> people will walk by and they'll either be like singing or talking to someone on the phone or shouting for someone down the stairs and I'm just picking up everything in this recording and it's so bad. So I gave up earlier and I was like, you know what? we're just gonna wait either early morning or in the middle of the night to do this. And honestly, I've been feeling a little bit antsy tonight. I don't know what it is. I am exhausted to the bone. Like, I went out four days in a row. Um, Not like out, out. Not like oots, oots, party. (laughs) Party going out. But I mean, I did go out dancing. Had a couple of dance classes. And then um, Join my siblings to meet one of my siblings' partners, and you know, helped my younger sister get ready for a date. So, I'm just kind of like socially fried, um, but at the same time, like that exhaustion from being socially fried I don't know why it just has me so wired. So, I need to have an act- active rest day tomorrow but I feel like it'd be great to be able to edit this episode in order to get it prepared um for the next drop for you for you listening to this right now which is still so mind-blowing to me I'm still so excited that I'm doing this um but today I'm facing one of my biggest insecurities and one of my biggest fears um if you've listened to the first episode of this podcast, you'll remember that one of my goals for 2023 is to get better at um, doing book reviews. I feel a little inadequate in this area, um, not because I feel like I'm not intelligent or not well-spoken or anything like that. I I feel like I've gotten um, those compliments frequently throughout my life, but. Sometimes I it when I get excited about something, I feel like I'm not giving the most vital information in order for um, someone to grasp <laughs> the meaning or like uh, the appeal of a certain piece of media and things like that. But one part of this podcast is the fact that I would really, really like to get better at um, sharing my thoughts around the things that I read, around the media that I um, consume and things like that. And part of that is doing book reviews. So today I'm reviewing Legendborn by Tracy Dion. And I'm really excited about this one. This was my first read of 2023. And I've been kind of, ever since I decided to do this podcast, I've been kind of putting it off in terms of recording. Like, I came up with so many other ideas where I was like, oh, well, I can film this first and this is more relevant or, oh, like, I want to talk about this subject first and I'm on a bi-weekly schedule so I can't really, like, put it out. But I already committed myself to (laughs) making this book review and I'm glad I did it because, I was starting to put things in the way. And so I had to think about like, how um, I digest media and what is important to me and what are the things that actually get me to read a book. And so I figured I would just do this book review Bria style. And I'm open to like notes, um, to advice about explaining things. Again, this is like a slight insecurity of mine. And I know growth comes from this point. But um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, So Legendborn follows 16 year old Brie Matthews. Um, she recently lost her mother in an accident. And she's wanting to escape the small town that she's living in and so she gets accepted with her best friend into unc chapel hill's early college program where she witnesses a strange supernatural attack on her first night there um she encounters um, these students who have these interesting powers and they're called Legendborn, and through Her association with these students, she starts to uncover her own, um, magic within herself and she starts to question the circumstances of her mother's death, um, while also navigating the real life world of one being a young black girl in a predominantly white school and predominantly white setting in the South where, um... You know racism really be existing in the South <laughs> um, but I really, really enjoyed this story, you guys. Um, I haven't read y a in a really long time. as I said, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know that I was on this major romance binge in terms of like adult romance. I was very much digesting uh more just like an older crowd of things (laughs) a little bit more sexy a little bit more spicy so I wasn't really reading YA and I don't think I've read YA maybe since before the pandemic so about two or three years without really touching YA that often that's not true (laughs) caught myself in the lie. I actually, yeah, no, I did do a few YA stories within the past three years, but they were very few and far between. Um, and especially like during the past few years, I was in college and I was also pursuing getting my master's degree. So a lot of the stuff that I was reading was really just heavy, um, either heavy fiction or heavy nonfiction. Um, or it was romance because like, I just wanted to turn off my brain and like, enjoy stories. So when I picked up Legendborn this year, I was so incredibly surprised. Like I forgot what it felt like to be fully immersed in, um, a magic system Um, I know it's kind of weird to say because like, I mean, if you see my Goodreads and things like that, you'll see that, oh, I've read a bunch of Sarah J. Maas stuff. I've read like Jennifer L. Armantrout and like, you know, like those type of authors who are really writing fantasy. So I was already used to these worlds and I was already familiar um, with the characters, with the style of writing. And so when I went and started to read Legendborn... I was so surprised about like how immersed I was in the story. Like I kept on I like get so irritated. I remember there's this one day um where I had to go do something. I had to either maybe pick up a few hours at work or do something like that and I was just so irritated that I had to leave my book behind i had to read this (laughs) leave this book behind to go take care of this stupid adult task and all i could think about was just getting through the task so that i can go back and read and i haven't felt that in such a long time so i when i was done this book i was so ready to get the next book like i texted my sister i was like listen we have to go to the office today but while we're on lunch while we're working at the office do you want to go to barnes and nobles so i can pick up the second book because i need the second book and she's like bet and so she comes over we go over to barnes and nobles and we're there and i can't find blood anywhere and so i'm like panicking i'm panicking and i'm running all over the YA section, Brooks like diddly dallying just vibing like, Oh, Bria, look at this. Oh, Bria, look at that. And I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Where is this book? <laughs> and she's like, dude, you need to calm down. And then out the corner of my eye, I see it on this end cap and it's the last one. And I literally, and I was about to give up too, because before I saw it on the end cap, I looked it up on the Barnes and Noble's website to see if it was there. And it said, out of stock at the location that I was at. And I was like, no. And I was like, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I know in my heart that it's here. And out of the corner of my eye on that end cap, there it was sitting there, hardcover, a little dented. Admittedly, my my copy of Bloodmark is a little dented. But you know what? I didn't care. I was like, I need to read this immediately. Spoiler alert, I did not read it immediately. In fact, I read my book club Book first, and I haven't read it yet. But anyway, <laughs> back to the actual contents of this book um, rather than my excitement. You know, of course, this like premise is like really um, magical and fantasy filled, and just I love a good um, magic system. And what's really interesting to me, and I didn't really attach to this until. Um, they started talking about Merlins. I don't know. It says it on the back of the book, but I was recommended this book um, by a friend and I saw it on her like reading list and everything. It never clicked to me that, you know, one of the characters being a Merlin was actually a reference to um, like the King Arthur stories. And so it took me a bit to realize, but I thought that was like such a cool um approach to introducing um a magic system especially with um the setting being the south but I really liked how Tracy Dion kind of um wove in the King Arthur stories into this like kind of modern world and with like U.S. American history and just like the lore behind it I thought it was just really well done and I was kind of surprised how she did it Um, but some of the main things that really gripped me about this story, like, of course, the magic system was amazing. The way she laid out the plot was terrific, in my opinion. Like, I, I, whew, it was good. Um, but what really got me was, um, the approach to grief and the discussions around grief. Like, um, our author, Tracy Dion, um, unfortunately she lost her parents and the story was birthed out of the author's own grief and grief is so heavy. And what I loved about exploring grief through Brie was not only, um, her battling her immediate grief in relation to her mother, but also battling a generational grief. Um, That she experienced because there's so much disconnect between um, her and her family's people. And generational grief as a black woman has been such a heavy topic in my mind for the past couple of years. Like, I found myself really wanting to know the women who've made me and who've made the women who've raised me. And it can be a really painful thing like it can be you could be walking around one day and look at yourself in a reflection and be like I wonder what part of my face is like just my mother's or like is like part of it like my grandmother's like I wonder what part of my personality is reflected in other women who've known me throughout my life and how does it and how complicated it is to have women um in your life who've known you but you don't know them right and they only know a certain iteration of you they don't know who you are now and it's it's so it's so crazy but it was interesting to kind of see that woven into her um trying to discover what actually happened to her mother and getting to know her mother because there was a lot of things that she didn't know about her mother and finding more information about a parent after their death is a really painful experience for a lot of children um I've kind of read a little bit about that in black cake that's also another story that kind of really touches on the topic of grief and that generational grief. Um, that one is a little bit more rougher of a read. It's definitely an adult fiction story. Um, but now I'm kind of interested in doing a, a list of books around black generational grief. But yeah, I think just like the way that she kind of just incorporated like, um, the grief, like the social grief of the South, right. Or like, I guess the geographical grief of the South. Um, as well as the generational grief and her own personal grief, how it's all woven together and interconnected, like that takes some, um, some power and some skill to kind of flesh out in the way that she did. And it was a real connection point for me within the story. Um, another connection point that I just really, really, um, held on to was that she was in this predominantly white space and the legend borns are in this like predominantly white space very classist space as well and watching her navigate through that as a as the only black woman in the room and also how you know if there were other POC in the room they were often white passing and they often experienced the racism and noticed the racism but they had a sort of barrier where they didn't have to fully engage with it and so she was really, like, the only one dealing with it. But outside of that space, she did have, like, black female support. Like, there's there's these beautiful spiritual moments between her and other black women that have stuck with me and resonated with me very deeply. Even though, like, the moments that she has them are they're not as frequent as I would like. Like that was kind of like maybe one of my criticisms, but I also think that's kind of rooted in a certain reality. Um, but she didn't have as many interactions with these other black female characters as much as I would have liked her to. However, like when they were on screen, the the connections were just brilliant and The fact that they shared some of themselves with her, um, in order to help soothe that generational, uh, grief and trauma is, which is very sweet. Very sweet. I, yeah, no, I just loved it. We also have this, like, really, um, interesting subplot where, like, Bree's kind of discovering the small connections between, like, not discovering, because I feel like she's really aware of it. And and it made me question, like, how aware of it was I when I was her age? Because she's like 16, but she was very aware of the connection between her race and her gender um, and the space that she was allowed to take up in society. And I kind of I'm like, how old was I when I first started to realize that that was that that was a factor in how I was treated and how. Um, people viewed me and and what I deserved and how much space I was allowed to take up at at times maybe I felt like I don't know I don't know if this is the word maybe at times I felt like she was very very much aware and maybe too aware or maybe it just didn't need to be pointed like called out so clearly um, to the reader but then also I have to come from the perspective that I am a 26 year old woman and that like, this is so YA literature. Um, so that call out might be very important. Um, just like other younger readers who are trying to, who are being exposed to this topic for the first time, right. Who are being exposed to ex- experience for the r- first time. Sometimes the explicit language is vital and important. Um, but yeah, it just made me really reflect on that. Like, was I because the call out of certain behaviors and certain actions were so uh, clearly explained and clearly digested by Brie herself? I was just it just made me curious like, when was the first time that I literally sat there and was like, this treatment is because of I'm a black woman specifically like I remember there was a moment where I was in church and I went to a predominantly black church while out here in Arizona with my dad and I was joining the church and it was just me and my dad in this um this kind of like introductory to our church class type thing that they had for new members of the church and The man who was teaching the class only directed his attention to my father. I think that was the first time where my gender was kind of socially called out to me, where I felt like I was being like treated differently because I was a woman. Like that was like a really intense like, hey, you're a woman and this is and this is where i I believe a woman's place to be is and it was it was a very odd experience but I can't I think I was I was around 17 years old okay so no that makes sense I was around 17 years old and then of course like I'm a black girl growing up in Arizona so I knew I was black right away and I felt that I felt socially what that did right away so yeah I was aware of that at a young age and that and this and the, these questions is kind of what makes me really love YA. Um, young adult literature has a way of breaking open a lot of things that that you haven't even thought about before in relation to your childhood or in relation to struggles that teens and young people are going through today and how they might connect to a p- piece of literature. I think I would have been, through the fucking roof if this came out when I was 16 or 17 years old I think I would have been so comforted by this experience maybe I wouldn't have been really thinking about the grief aspect of things so deeply um I feel like that's a topic that really came to me in womanhood versus in girlhood but if I was Bree's age reading her story I would have had such a grounding connection point in terms of like my blackness and mo- navigating a predominantly white space because my high school was a predominantly white space. Um, and so, yeah, th- I, this this read was just one of those just like important reads, like one of those reads where I feel like it's like a pillar in young adult literature and I hope that doesn't sound too dramatic or too, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Too congratulatory? That's not the word that I want, but just like, I like, I don't want it to sound like fanfare, or like, you know, I'm overhyping something. But the reason why I think it's an important story is more so of the connection points that it provides. Um, and I think that's how I experience reading in general. When I'm reading something like, yes, I'm thinking about how good the writing is because how good the writing is helps convey the message. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm really thinking about like, if I were to give a book, like I, and maybe this is like the, the baby librarian in me. Um, but if I were to recommend this book, would it make, um, some sort of connection with somebody like, what is this book gonna do? What purpose does it serve? And that's not to say that like all books need to have like intense um, purposes, right? Like not all books need to have this like social or political change. Um, sometimes books are just entertainment. Sometimes books are just sweet stories that help connect people within the community. Um, but a book like this, when I think about like what does this book do? I think this book really provides an anchor point for, um, just like young, specifically young black girls. And that is an important anchor to have. Um, So yeah, (laughs) Um, that's how I think about books. I, I, I really want to think about how it's emotionally impacting me. How does it resonate with me as a reader? How might it resonate with other people? And is it, if it's just like entertaining, I, the thing about this book too, is that it's entertaining. It's not, it can be heavy at times. Um, it can be really sweet at times. I like the exploration of friendships and watching those buds and grow. And I like watching the conflict between friends, between little crushes and building crushes. And honestly, Also, side note, I'm like all over the place with this, but the way that Brie develops her little crush in this story is so cute to me. It feels like a legitimate crush, and I'm like, I miss those days. I miss having crushes. So that was really refreshing to read, and it wasn't too quick on the lovey-dovey stuff. Um, Very shy, very sweet, but we're also very... Um, focus on our main character and I think it was maybe it had to be a good month good few months ago maybe a year ago potentially um I remember seeing a bunch of like discourse on TikTok and Twitter about Legendborn and about whether like what boy Bree should end up with and you know someone made a really good point about how at times when you know there's such a focus on the romance of a story and focused on um like the spice and we kind of trope a book down uh we lose the essence of the story and i think that's like a really this is a really good example of it i think you're kind of missing out on a young girl's journey by only focusing on her relationship to men and i and It it made me sad because I was like, if, I mean, at the end of the day, if it gets you to read, it gets you to read. Like, that's not my judgment. I'm not judging the desire to have romance in books. Please don't think that I am. But I think it's so sad to reduce a female heroine's, um, That was redundant. (laughs) I think it's sad to reduce a female character and her story to the boy she ends up with. Um, There's so much strength to this character and to her life and to her story and there's so much um, importance and nuance that exists in this story that the men that are associated with are literally the least, or I guess boys, because they're not men, um, they are the least interesting to look at. (laughs) Um, but yeah, honestly, if you guys end up picking up Legendborn and you end up loving it, please, please, please let me know. Please share it with all the young women in your life, young men, share. Honestly, one tip that I'll share with you is that something that really benefits the community when it comes to libraries in your local library is to actually request books for your librarians to buy. They're in the back of the library. And this is just like, as a former library worker, in the back of the library at the main branch of like your public libraries, They have a whole team of people who are in charge of book acquisitions and essentially their job is to look through requests and look through what's trending and what's popular and what people are reading and make decisions on what books to buy. And they buy a bunch of these books and so it not only supports authors, but it also supports your community by giving them diverse books. So if you ever end up loving a book and you're like, oh my god, I wish everyone could freaking read this book. Everyone needs to read this book. What you do so that everybody can read that book that you love so much, you go over to your library and you make a request that your library buys that book. And you know, I have a feeling that Phoenix Public has this, um, book in their rotation already, but if you feel like that your library may or may not, go ahead and send in the request. It'll support the author and it'll support your community and it'll keep your libraries alive because it tells your libraries that there is a demand for them to be there. Um, but anyway, (laughs) besides that little rant, um, yeah, that's all I had to say about Legendborn. I am very happy that I decided to do this book review my way. I know it was a little chatty, a little ranty, um, but I really did enjoy this book and I feel like if, you know, magic and grief and YA literature is your thing, I think this would be really good. Again, little trigger warnings because I didn't actually mention the trigger warnings for this book. Um, there is, okay, let me see what order I can do this is. So little trigger warnings for these books, of course, racism, um, death of a parent. Uh, the death is described, but to a very light level and it's, I, I would say it's pretty off page, so we don't really get graphic visions of it. Um, we do get some scenes about enslaved people. We are reading about the South, so that tends to come up, um, and <laughs> especially, um, uh, and with that comes some really hard topics um, about um, people being beaten, as well as sexually assaulted, Um, and those are, I would say, moderately graphic to graphic, um, and that happens towards maybe, like, eh, 40% of the book on, um, because that plays a huge part in what's going on in and everything so i did just want to give you guys those trigger warnings before you picked up that book thank you again for joining me and i look forward to being with you next time bye so long everyone and thank you again for joining me today i would love to see more of you so feel free to follow me on instagram and tiktok at the garden 75th and if you'd like to see even more Book content, you can find my YouTube channel, Bria L., linked in the show notes. Remember, read what you love and DNF the rest. Bye!